Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Alex Contento, who's an admissions advisor at SUNY Cortland. Alex, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, talk a little bit about the college admissions process in SUNY Cortland. Um, so, yep, very excited to well, we are very excited to have you and super excited to hear about all the great things that SUNY Cortland has to offer. But let's start by asking you, Alex, to tell us about yourself. How long have you been in admissions and how did you end up in this position? Yeah, so um, I started working here as an admissions advisor in August 2020. I, I was a student and I graduated May 2020. Um, business economics was my major. I actually uh, grew up in Cortland, uh, so then went to Cortland um, as a student and then was devastated my last semester because it got cut a little short for um, because of the pandemic right at the start, March 2020. Um, so we got sent home virtual classes and I was just so upset because I didn't want my time here to be over. Um, and my, my academic advisor, who was the department chair of the economics department at the time, Dr. Burke, she is the greatest. Um, she kept telling me, she's like, don't worry, we're gonna don't just, she wasn't worried for me. I was like, I'm never gonna get a job, like all this stuff. And um, I developed a very close relationship with her and my the fall of my senior year so fall 2019 semester she um was had uh found me an internship opportunity uh, on campus with our hr department so i got the opportunity to work on a project um with a who is now um our head of hr i believe um and so i got to meet a lot of people and that's in the building where admissions is and the former director of admissions, Mark Yakovone, he was recently promoted. He's now our VP of finance. 
um, in management, but at the time he was director of admissions and I developed a close relationship with him. So then an admissions uh, advisor position opened up and uh, both Kat, uh, Dr. Burke and, and Mark uh, had me come in on campus. I got to, to talk and kind of find out what the job was going to be. And I was so excited, but that pandemic slowed me down a little bit. So I wasn't able to start until August. But once I started then, uh, I've been here, uh, work, I work on campus. But in the fall and the spring, I get the opportunity to travel around, um, mostly down to Long Island to, um, to recruit students. And then I spend the other half of my year on campus reading applications, giving tours, helping with tour guides, things like that, um, open house events. Um, so I've been with Cortland um, for a while now. As a student, I kind of took a little bit of a rough path. Uh, I did take a year off after my freshman year and I had to figure some things out, but then I came back um, and honestly, I did have to take like some winter classes and summer classes to kind of catch up, but I knew that that is what I had to do. And so I came back, I studied abroad, I did everything that I've always wanted to do here. So I think a lot of students think you have to graduate college in four years and can't change your major and you can't do all these things. But I'm here to as an example of <laughs> everyone's path is different and it might take a little longer. You might have a little road bumps, but it will all be worth it in the end. So just putting that out there. Don't worry if your journey is a little bit longer or a little bit different than most. Well, that is great. Thank you so much for that insight. I love that you shared your journey, but also that you talked about the relationships that you develop with different professors on campus. As you may know, I know a lot of students that are currently at Cortland, many of whom have graduated. And that's one of the things that they talk about. It's just the family feel, the Cortland uh, culture is uh, really second to none in terms of how close they are with their professors and how happy they were to be there for four years. So having said all of that, Alex, could you tell us what is it about Cortland that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Yeah, so definitely what you just said, I completely agree with. Um, our energy on campus is just amazing. Like we, it sounds so corny every time I say it, but we really do. <laughs> we really are a family, Red Dragon family. We, you know, if once you, anyone walks through campus that everyone's happy, you're smiling, everyone uh no matter who like everyone gets along um from like the athletes to the different clubs everyone kind of does everything together um but yes the faculty and staff are incredible i was an economics major so i um got very close with most of the professors in the economics department they just go so far above and beyond um everyone is just so helpful even like everyone on campus. Uh, I was just giving a tour the other day and one of the custodial staff came out and was, she was so excited to see visitors on campus. She took <laughs> them all to, um, to the bathroom to see the showers and like bat, like parts <laughs> of the, that weren't even included in tour just because she was excited that our prospective students were excited. So um, that's definitely like the, one of the biggest things that I love about Cortland. 
Um, academically, we've kind of always been known for our education programs. So like phys ed, you know, if you want to be a PE teacher, you know, everyone thinks Coraline's the place to go, which is so true. That's our, our most popular major. Uh, but we have so many strong programs aside from education. Right now we have 68 different majors. So I, I've talked a lot about the business economics major already. I'll try not to. It's just my favorite <laughs> because I loved it so much. But sport management is really popular, exercise science, uh, communication studies. We have so many different programs that I think a lot of people um, don't know about. We've just added um, cinema study and uh, human services, healthcare management. Uh, so a lot to offer academically. Um, our facilities are like are, are always being upgraded. We've put four hundred million dollars uh, wow. into just new and renovated buildings. So our student life center is like the main attraction. Like that's the everyone's favorite building on campus. Definitely my favorite building on campus. Uh, it was built in twenty fifteen. So luckily, that was right when I got here as a student. So <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it, was a, it was this building was a fifty-six million dollar project. Wow. Um, yeah. So one of our main dining halls is held in there, Bistro, which is one of our all-you-can-eat dining halls. So any student with a meal plan can go there as many times a day as they want. Uh, and then this is also where like our gym is. We have a basketball court, volleyball court, always always set up um, so that students can go, just go play whenever they want. We have our multi-purpose uh, court, which a lot of students will play like soccer there, um, floor hockey, things like that. Um, we have all of our cardio machines. And then we do have an indoor track that goes around the entire building, all the weights, free weights. Um, we have our yoga room, our mind and body room, where like yoga classes are held. We have our spin room there for spin classes. We have two different golf simulators. We have a rock wall, pool, hot tubs. So like this building really has it all. Um, since athletics and um, fitness are a really big thing at Cortland, uh, that is like main part of this building. But we also have a game room. So we have Xbox, Wii, PlayStation, all the like gaming devices there. We have a pool table, ping pong, a few different arcade games, uh, that the one where you throw the basketball, um, <laughs> foosball, stuff like that. Um, and then our outdoor pursuits office is located here. So this is where students can rent out like kayaks if they want to go kayaking down our local river or local lakes. We're located right in the Finger Lakes. So there's a lot of different options for um, that some students rent a bicycle so they can have the their bicycle the whole semester and like you know ride around campus and down go downtown whatever um things like that can rent out for students in outdoor pursuits so that is like the one of the main buildings that we just added but also um we've been renovating our academic buildings so the most recent one was just completed in fall 2021 and they added uh, a coffee shop which has uh coffee beans that our local local coffee shop um coffee mania they roast the beans specifically for us on campus uh, and then um the departments located in here is like health math uh, business economics archaeology sociology 
um, anthropology. So those classrooms were just renovated. Uh, the economics students have a brand new computer lab that I'm very jealous of because I never <laughs> had that. Um, so this building is like completely renovated on the inside. Um, and same with our science building a few years ago and uh, professional studies, which holds our recreation department, exercise science, speech and hearing science, and sport management. So that building holds our most hands-on majors. So um, a speech lab, like lab was built uh, for the speech and hearing science majors because we have that at the um, undergrad and graduate level. And so that's open to the public. So you know, kids, elderly, everyone in between will come and our students will get to um, work with them, which is really, really cool. Um, residence halls. We just had a new residence hall built, um, Dragon Hall, which is uh, quad style. So like uh, four people in like a suite style room with a bathroom, their own bathroom. Um, we are renovating our towers right now, Smith Tower, which is typically where our, our uh, sophomores live. They're six person suites. So those are going to be completely renovated. Um, so definitely the, our facilities, I, I think our campus is beautiful and the buildings are all new and clean. Um, and I definitely think that makes a huge difference. Well, thank you so much for that introduction in terms of all you offer in your classrooms and beyond. I'm happy to say that I was personally on campus a couple of years ago for a Cortica game. And the campus is, in fact, beautiful. And the spirit, the energy at the game was second to none. We had so much fun as a family visiting. So, Alex, let me ask you, how many applications do you review a year and do you represent a specific region? So my area of recruitment is Nassau and Suffolk County. So I that's where I get to travel and go to college fairs, college visits, um, work with students. However, um, I do not review all the applications from Long Island because that is um, <laughs> um, the majority of our applications. So if we're very popular school uh, on Long Island. So that is where we get a lot of applications, a lot of students. So that would be like thousands and thousands of applications for me. <laughs> um, we did receive 12,000, um, like over 12,000 applications this year. Wow. Um, yes. So we had a very successful year. Um, so the each um, of our admissions counselors read at least a few thousand applications every year. Um, but we do it alphabetically. Most schools do review their applications by territory. Uh, it would just be very overwhelming for me to have to read all of those. Understood. And thank you so much, Alex. Could you walk us through the process of how you evaluate so many applications? Audit teams of people representing different regions? If so, how many applications is each group reviewing? Whatever insight you could provide would be greatly appreciated. So we accept applications through the Common App and the SUNY App. There's not really like a, a preference between um, either one. It's what um, works for us. I always tell students if they are planning on applying to a lot of like private schools and SUNY schools, the Common App would probably be a better option for them. If they know they just want to apply to SUNY schools, uh, SUNY App would work uh, just as well. Uh, so our admissions criteria, uh, we look on the student's transcript, we get on, um, look at the courses they're taking. So we require students to complete four years of English and social studies in high school, and then uh, three 
years of Regents Math, Regents Science, and Foreign Language. So we look at heavily at the courses students are taking. Uh, we look at their GPA and grades on the transcript as well. And then um, the, on the application itself is where we can learn everything else about them. Um, you know, read their essay, what activities they've been doing, things like that. Uh, we don't look at SAT or ACT test scores, uh, so there is no need for students to submit them. Um, I'm kind of, uh, the way our process works is we have a committee that reviews applications. So uh, it's at least two people will be looking at every application before the final decision is made. So the, an extra set of eyes. And then we do mail out all of our decisions through the paper mail. And our early action, um, we have an early action process. So the deadline for that is November 15th. And that doesn't change. That's the same every year. Uh, regardless of what day of the week November 15th falls on. But if students apply early as an early action applicant before November 15th, they are guaranteed to receive a decision from us by January 1st. So we usually start sending out our acceptance letters around Christmas time. So it's an exciting Christmas present for students. Um, but we do, we do kind of have a priority deadline uh, of December 1st. So we do rolling admissions, meaning we continue to accept applications uh, so that November, or December 1st isn't like strict deadline. Um, but the earlier students get their application in, the earlier they'll hear back from us. We review every application based on date of entry. So we have all of our early action letters out by January 1st, and then we'll continue to uh, send out decision letters for our rolling admissions process every week um, after that. And um, especially this year, since we received um, so many applications, uh, students, maybe strong, really strong students applied, but they applied like in March or um, even end of February, our class was pretty pretty much full. So a lot of students had to be placed on our wait list. So I kind of just a suggestion, and I'll talk about this as well um, later, but the earlier uh, get the application in, the better. Well, thank you so much, Alex. That's great insight. We truly appreciate it. So Alex, could you tell us what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of GPA and any other related data you may collect, such as SAT or ACT scores? Yeah, so the average GPA we see is around 87 to 93. Um, obviously, scores do exceed that, and below an 87 doesn't mean a student is denied. Um, that's just the average GPA we see with our applicants. Um, so we're looking for a solid B student. We, um, through till 2024 at least, we won't be looking at SAT or ACT test scores, in our, and we won't be using those in our decision-making process at all. Um, so submitting those won't help or hurt a student. So we're mostly focused on strong coursework. Like I said earlier, four years of English and social studies, and then three years of math and science at the Regents level. So uh, typically students go through to Algebra 2 and Chemistry. Um, and then we looked for three years of foreign language. There is some leeway there. Sometimes students will be lacking um, one year in one of these subjects. Uh, say, this is just a hypothetical example. A student only has two years of foreign language, 
but they took uh, courses that are at the AP, IB, or college level, that can kind of help make up for the lack of one area um, as far as that. But, but basically, uh, we're just like focused on coursework, GPA, um, any extracurricular involvement can always help a student as well. Well, that's very interesting that you mentioned that you do not look at SAT or ACT scores. So regardless of whether or not the students submit those test scores, SUNY Cortland does not look at them. Is that correct? It is correct. Well, Through to 2024, at least. Well, thank you so much for that insight. I truly appreciate it. And so if a prospective student falls a little below the current freshman average in terms of GPA, what are some of the things that they can do to help enhance their overall application? So we definitely look at the courses students are taking. So if a student's GPA is a little lower, but they've been taking AP classes, college level, IB, just like challenging themselves as far as what they're taking, uh, that will definitely stand out to us. Any upward trend in academics, so say a student does poorly their freshman year, like that transition to high school is difficult, uh, but they continue to increase every year um, as far as their grades and they keep pushing themselves and taking challenging classes. That's definitely a really important thing to see as well. So GPA isn't like the only thing we're focused on. It's definitely um, the courses taking that students are taking. Um, making sure they're pushing themselves as far as that. Well, we really appreciate that. And Alex, speaking of the GPA, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript, or do you recalculate it using your own metrics? Yeah. So we definitely look at the transcript uh, at for the student's GPA, and we look at unweighted and weighted GPA, take that into consideration. There are some times where, because uh, every school does things a little differently as far as how they weight specific classes, honors classes, AP classes, work a little more, things like that. Um, so sometimes application or transcripts will look a little funky um, as far as that goes. So we will hand calculate them uh, using the core subjects that students take. So English, science, math, social studies. Um, just to kind of make sure everything is actually um, to the level that it seems uh, listed with that weighted GPA. But for the most part, we just look uh, for the GPA list on their transcript, and then we'll look at the, the individual grades for the individual classes to kind of make sure it's matching up. Understood, and thank you so much for that. Alex, does Cortland accept AP, IB, or SAT subject scores for credit? Yes. So we definitely, um, if a student receives a C- minus or higher in any college level course, we will accept the credits. A three or better on any AP exam, and then four or better for the IB. And actually, uh, for students that are really interested, we do have on our website our transfer equivalency chart, which kind of maps out how the credits would be transferred over. But we definitely love to see those AP, IB, and college level classes. So I definitely uh, suggest to students if they have the opportunity to take any of those in high school, uh, definitely do so because coming in to school already having college credits will set, set any student um, ahead a little bit and also from an admissions standpoint, we love to see that. So yes, definitely. 
Well, that's great insight. Thank you again so much. And Alex, a student's activity sheet is another piece of their overall application. What are the kinds of things you're looking for beyond the work they did in the classroom? Yeah, so definitely looking for like a well-rounded student, um, things like athletics, student clubs, volunteer work, things like that. Um, any extracurriculars really that get them um, active outside of the classroom is definitely a great thing. I like to see that students can balance academics and extracurriculars because Cortland is such an active campus. We have like 80 different student clubs, things like that. So students, uh, most students do get involved here on campus. So it's important to see that they can balance their academics and extracurriculars. Understood. And how important are students' grades in senior year? And can you give an example of why a student's senior year grades made you change your mind regarding their admission status? Yeah, so I do think a lot of students think that senior year is their time to like take it easy and um, take easier classes and not really worry as much. But um, we do look at what classes they're taking in their senior year. So uh, as far like we look to make sure they're still pushing themselves as far as the classes they're taking. And then there will be some situations where we may request a student's mid-year grades once they become available. So usually by like um, January, February, a student uh, mid-year grades will become available. So then we can kind of just see how they're doing their senior year, making sure they're still pushing themselves uh, before we make our decision. So um, our early action process I talked about earlier, uh, kind of sometimes we aren't ready to make a decision on a student. So that is when we will say, okay, we received your application. We're just going to um, request your mid-year grades once those become available to see how the senior year is going, and then we'll make our decision from there. So it is definitely important for students to um, keep their grades up their senior year. Well, we appreciate that. And another piece of the application, of course, is the essay. So, Alex, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? In other words, when you read them, you thought, this kid has to come to school to SUNY Cortland. Okay. So, honestly, that there have been times where I have cried reading college essays. <laughs> I laugh reading essays. I am blown away um, reading them. So, I love to read essays. Um, so just like really quick, I'm going to kind of say like what hasn't stuck with me. Um, so so the, the pandemic has obviously been so challenging for all of us um, and some more than others. But there is a, um, an option on the Common app where students can write about the disturbance they've had with COVID-19. So I definitely think um, students should talk about COVID and their effects um, in that section and not during their essay. A good tip for their essay, so we can see how a student's doing academically on their transcript. Um, so this is a time for students to talk about who they are outside of the classroom. So I always suggest that students don't write about their academics um, unless they feel very strongly about that. Most essays we see are uh, related to sports or sports injuries, um, any childhood trauma that kind of shaped the student to be the way they are. Some students like to share their, their struggle with mental health issues, things like that. Um, so this is definitely just how we can learn about a student outside of the classroom. And any, anything that really has shaped who they are, anything that's super important to, um, to know about them. 
Well, I appreciate that and those examples. Alex, do you offer supports for students that may have had an IEP or a 504 in high school? And if so, can you explain? So we have our disability resource office on campus that works with students to make sure that they have the support to be successful at Portland. Um, so students can apply on our website um, to fill out the new student um, accessibility request and that will ask them a series of questions and then um, the office will reach back to them to set up a meeting to make sure that those students have all of the correct accommodations. But we we have so many different options for academic support for all students. So included in tuition, students get one hour per week per class of free peer tutoring. Uh, so say I me, for example, I really struggled with math. So every week I would go to the math tutor and she would help me with my homework. She would make me study guides before tests, things like that. Uh, so that that support is there for all students. Great. And then most classes, especially our upper level classes, offer the help of a TA. So the TA is a student that's already taken the class and gotten a B plus or higher. Usually they're handpicked by the professor um, at the end of the semester. They will ask if they're interested in being a TA. And so these TAs, they're never the ones teaching the class. It's always taught by your professor. The TAs are just there for help as well. Uh, homework assignments, uh, usually before a big test, they'll have like group study sessions. So the TA will, will come in front of the class and say, okay, anyone interested in um, working on studying for the exam, I'll be in the library for first floor at 4 p.m., just for an example. Uh, so there are a lot of different options for academic support. And then every professor has a specific number of office hours per week. And so that's like where they're in their office, open door, you can go in for anything you need, uh, want that extra help with homework, um, anything, just talk, uh, they're there available uh, for students. And a lot of times students can e like email or set up a, a time with their professor to make a meeting to go into their office if they, they need something else. So the help is there for all students. Well, that's great to hear, and you're absolutely right. It sounds like there is help for all students, so I really appreciate that insight. What about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student-athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Yeah, so definitely step one um, before anything else is to research the school. So our make sure that like, you know, are they division one, division two, division three, um, you know, what sports they offer. If a student knows someone else that goes to that school that maybe is on the team or knows people on the team, I always say, tell them to kind of talk to them and see if they liked their experience or how the process was for them um, to just kind of see if it's something they're even interested in. And then um, on the, our website, when they're looking more into that, I always suggest uh, if, to see if there's a prospect camp. So prospect camps are when uh, students can come on campus and uh, play. It's basically like a, a sports camp with the current uh, team and the coaching staff. So I definitely always suggest if we do offer a prospect camp and students are very interested to attend that, and definitely email the coaches expressing interest. So all the coaches contact info is right there on our website. 
So I always suggest to send it to all of them. It'll say the head coach and the assistant coaches, or if there's an associate head coach. So, so include all of them in that email and then um, stay in touch throughout the whole process um, with the coaches during the admissions process. So they, they know that you're still very interested. Well, those are great pieces of advice and great insight, Alex. I appreciate everything that you've been talking about throughout this entire conversation, which leads us to our last question. So Alex, what are the three top pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process? Yeah, so definitely, uh, no matter where you're looking, whether it be Cortland, wherever, visit the campus. Uh, you definitely, uh, I definitely don't think that students should make a decision before visiting the campus, just so they can, you know, feel the energy and see what what it's like, the facilities, the student life. Um, so I know here at SUNY Cortland, we do offer tours throughout the entire summer. Uh, but we also do um, during the school year, during the semester, fall and spring. And then we do offer some open house events as well. So uh, for, for students that can only come and see it in the summer, that I totally understand. But if students have the opportunity to visit during the semester, I definitely suggest that because that's when our campus is full. The students are there. You can, you know, see, look at, oh, do these students look happy? <laughs> you know, just little <laughs> things like that. So you can really feel the energy on campus. I definitely think that's very important because I do know some students that were like, on paper, the school looks perfect, has everything you want but then you just step on campus and instantly just didn't didn't feel right for them or the opposite think maybe oh I don't know if I want to go there then step on you're like oh this is, campus is beautiful I love the energy these people are amazing so that's definitely an important thing um, to do before making a decision um, and I, I did talk about this earlier but I'll go more in depth so any student that you're interested in going to school, get your application in as early as possible. So um, like I talked about our early action process, November um, 15th, but definitely get, uh, we like to see those applications in by December because uh, classes do fill up quick. So this year <laughs> we got over 12,000 applications. So wow. we you know, ran, ran out, of, out of space after by, by February. So we had to kind of look to a wait list. Um, and I know every school is a little bit different with this, um, but we, since we do review applications based on date of entry, I definitely suggest um, as early as students can to get those in. And since like we do it that way, the earlier they hear, um, get the application in, the earlier applicants hear back from us. So that kind of gives time to come visit campus, maybe and attend an open house, um, things like that before paying that deposit. So the deposit deadline is May 1st. So if students get their, receive their letter well before that, that gives them time to um, maybe even attend an event on campus, um, come to one of our sporting events or a school play to kind of see if that's the right fit for them. And then my last piece of advice is something that I tell to high school students, but it's also um, something I tell to students when they're here enrolled on, um, at Cortland or wherever um, they may be going to school is develop close relationships with the faculty, the staff, your professors, um, your coaches, peers, 
students that are uh, older than you, students that are younger than you, just may develop as many connections as possible because it definitely will help. Uh, <laughs> I, I talk about this woman all the time, but Dr. Burke, our department chair of the economics department at the time, she became, she was my academic advisor. So every student has an academic advisor that's there to walk them through everything. And so she was mine, luckily, and we became so close. She helped open so many doors for me, find me internship, uh, a study abroad program. I studied abroad uh, in Portugal at the European Innovation Academy. Wow. Uh, and then it led to, I got a full-time job here on campus, honestly, basically because I knew so many people that worked here in this department. And that sometimes it really is all about who you know um, to get opportunities in, in life in general and to find out about things and meeting people from, from all over different places. So we have a lot of international students here. So becoming friends with international students, you learn about other cultures, students from other states even, or just different backgrounds because you learn so much from each other and you can gain so much from having those strong relationships. So in high school and in college, I think this is very important. Well, Alex, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation and I am so happy because I know it's going to help so many students and parents navigate through the college admissions process. So we hope to have you again. I want to thank you. You were awesome. We really appreciate all your insight today, Alex. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so happy um, that to help. And I hope something I say resonates with students. The college admissions process can be a little scary, but it can also be amazing and ex excited. Um, and so myself and other college admissions counselors all over, we're here to help and we're excited uh, to for anything that you need. So I'm so happy that I was able to uh, spread this information. Well, you certainly did. And again, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.